good morning. Why don't we go ahead and stand? Welcome. It's good to see you guys here. The first song we're going to sing is actually one of my very favorites, and it's mostly because it's about this journey of valleys and mountains, and that's pretty much life, right? So um, I'm just going to pray us in. God, thank you so much for your spirit for pouring it out like water right onto us, God. I ask right now that you'll just center each one of us here and that we can hear your voice and that the things of the week will just kind of drop off so that we can hear what it is you have for us today, Lord God. We love you. And just invite you here in Jesus' name. That valid hill called Calvary 
Come together, strangers, neighbors, our blood is one. Children of generations, of every nation, of kingdom come. So don't let your heart be troubled. 
love the words of that song that, that it phrases Jesus as our friend forever. But I also recognize that for some of us today, maybe you've walked into this place and you feel like Jesus hasn't been a friend to you. Maybe you've just not felt close to him lately. But I wanna encourage you today because I firmly believe the truth of what we're singing in this place, that we serve a God who crossed the expanse of eternity to come to this earth, fully God, fully man, Jesus Christ walked among us. He was tempted in every way yet without sin. And he gave himself freely on the cross and he did that for you. He did that for me. And in scripture, Psalm 23, it says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall lack for nothing. Jesus also calls himself the good shepherd. And my encouragement today, just allow God to shepherd you. Open your heart to him today, receive his love. And even if you're not feeling it, that's okay. I've been there many times. But even now, I wanna encourage all of us, if you're comfortable, place your hands out. I'm gonna just lead us in a chorus here. And I just pray that God meets you in this time. If you're in a place of struggle, be honest with the Lord, he wants that. God never asked for you to be perfect or to have it all figured out. He just asked for your heart. He just asked for you to open yourself up to him. Listen to these words as I sing this over us. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. With my life laid down, surrender now, I give you everything. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. For all my life, all my life, you have been faithful. Sing it if you know it. And all my life, you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, oh, I will sing of the goodness. We're gonna sing that again. Let's latch on to this truth today. All my life, all my life, you have been me. All my life, you've been so good. All my life, you have been so, so good. With every breath that I've been I will see of the goodness of God. song today and it's pretty easy to catch on to but just listen to the words of this song I love this so much
Jesus, have my heart, my will, my soul. Jesus, have my hopes, my dreams, my world. With joy, I lay it down. With joy, I cast my crown. Jesus, have it all. To you, I bring my praise, my lips, my song, a living sacrifice as one reborn. Your life is now my own. Your will is what I Jesus have it all. Here's the chorus. It's a simple prayer. Jesus have it all. Jesus have it all. To you belongs the glory, the praise of all the world. Jesus have it all. Jesus have it all. A blessing and all honor, majesty and all. Jesus have it all. Oh, Jesus have your church, your love, your bride, the joy for which you freely gave your life, radiant and white, washed and purified. Jesus have us all. Oh, Jesus, have your worth. Jesus, have your worth. Your due, your son, praise of every nation, tribe, and tongue. Let all that has been made glorify your name. Jesus, have it all. All right, let's sing it out together. Oh, Jesus, have it all. Jesus, have it all. To you belongs the glory, the praise of all the world. Jesus, have it all. Jesus, have it all. A blessing and all honor, a majesty and all. Jesus, have it all. Jesus, have it all. To you belongs the glory, the praise of all the world. Jesus, have it all. Jesus, have it all. A blessing and all honor, majesty and all. Jesus, have it all. Jesus, have it all. Jesus have it
takes me back to a week ago, last Sunday night, when from our church, 25 people publicly declared through baptism that Jesus can have it all. Amen? So cool to see that. And it just reminds me that God is a God of the present, that it's not about yesterday, it's not about what we've done or how we've fallen short, but that God is with us right now, that God is present with all of us with whatever we're going through. I just want to encourage you to really take a posture these next few moments as we enter into a time of prayer that, that will be helpful for you to receive whatever God has for you this morning. But I believe to my bones that, that none of us are here by accident, that all of us are here for a reason, that God has something he wants to put inside of us that we did not have when we walked in. Maybe you're walking through a valley this morning, you just need to take a seat Maybe other people from our church will lay a hand on you or extend a hand just as a way to say you are not alone. Whatever you need to do, let's just take a moment and let's go together in prayer. God, we look to you today and we affirm that you are where our help comes from, that you are the maker of heaven and earth, that nothing is out of your sight, nothing is out of your hands. And so we come humbly before you All of us are in need of something. And God, our neediness does not put you off. It does not cast us off, but that you long to be with us in every sense of the word. And so God, I just pray for every single person under the sound of my voice, would you meet us in a powerful way? Would you encourage us? Would you communicate to us in a way that we would understand? And we don't just pray for ourselves, but we pray for the world that you love, that you gave yourself for, and you've put the church here as a beacon to be your hands, to be your feet, to communicate to others what they may not be able to see by themselves, that you are loving, that you are for them, that you are with us. God, we we recognize that All Shore is just one expression of that, so we lift up other expressions of that throughout our community. We lift up Grand Haven Community Baptist this morning. God, would you continue to be with them, be in the midst of them, give them everything that they need to fulfill the the calling that you've placed on their lives. 
We also pray not just for our own neck of the woods. We pray for the world. You love every part of the world. We pray for our partners throughout the world who are spreading your good news. We lift up our care point in Ethiopia that we help support, God, that are taking students under their wing and helping set them up for a future that they could not have on their own. So God, we pray for those leaders. We pray for those students. Would you, would you be with them? Would you open up doors? Would you help them see themselves as you see them? And would you use them to make a difference right where they are? Finally, God, we pray for ourselves. We know that, that we can only do so much. But, but Holy Spirit, we ask that you would open up our hearts and open up our minds for the word that you have for us. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And everybody said, amen. amen. And amen. Well, if you're in Spring Lake, why don't you take a seat? If you're joining us online, man, we're so excited that you're choosing to spend a part of your weekend with us. And I just want to give a shout out right away to those of you who, who would say you're new or you haven't been here in a while, man. We hope you feel right at home. Come on, Spring Lake. Can you show, show our first time guests some love? We're so glad you're here. Great weekend, and man, I'm, I'm so excited that you chose to spend a part of your weekend with us. We have a great rest of our Sunday planned. If you're wanting to learn more, or if you want to get plugged in, or if you have questions about what we do, the best way that we know how is through our connection card. If you want to fill that out sometime throughout this, the rest of our service, there should be a QR code in the seat back in front of you, or you can always go to allshores.org and go down the home screen and click the button, connect with us. We also have uh, physical connection cards in our lobby at the connection point that you can fill out. We'd love to put a gift into your hands just to say thanks for being here. And we, this is also the time in the service where we give back to God, recognizing ultimately everything we have is his. And if you want to join us in that this morning, we'd love for you to do that. The ways to give are on the screen behind me, or there are boxes attached to the wall as you leave. We recognize that as the church meeting needs around us and across the world, we can do so much more together than any of us could ever do apart. What we do, we have a great rest of our service plan for you today. Why don't we turn our eyes to the screen for what comes next? Hey, All Shores, Carter and Aaron here to share a little bit about our fall kickoff next Sunday, September 10th. It has been an amazing summer here at All Shores, and we are so excited to celebrate all of the moments that have happened over these past few months. From our last Sunday's outdoor baptism service, where 25 people publicly declared their faith in Christ in front of their All Shores family, to celebrating record attendance at our Global Leadership Summit, and seeing people not only take new steps into the family of Christ, but also step up to serve in new areas, it has been a great place to be a part of this summer. In a season where a lot of people may take a step back from church activities, you guys have really stepped up and stepped forward, and we are so excited to celebrate everything that's happened this summer with our show's family. You guys rock. Yeah, it's so awesome. Hey, and what I love about fall, it's an opportunity for us to re-engage in some rhythms that we know and love. For our fall kickoff next week, we've got groups fall semester coming back. We've got warehouse youth ministry coming back. It's a start of a new message series. It's just going to be a great day. And I think for us as a church, it's an opportunity to step in and consider how we can get more involved coming into the fall. You know, and I think there are some other great things that are happening in the day. All three of our campuses, we're going to have a great lobby atmosphere after the service. There's going to be food, opportunity to connect and fellowship with others. You can learn more about the groups that we're offering this fall. 
And so I want to encourage you to come and be a part of what God's doing here in our midst. I also want to encourage you, it's going to be a day where we have the opportunity to rep our favorite schools. So come wearing your school gear, whether it's a university or a local high school, whether it's a really cool university or maybe a university nobody's ever heard of, whether it's a football university that's seeking a national title or maybe you're just glad you have a football team, whether you've got a really dope mascot like a Wolverine or an obscure mascot like what even is a what? Hey, why don't you pick on a school your own size? Uh, well, regardless of whatever school you like, I think we all can celebrate the fact that we are one team here at All Shores, that we are all seeking after the mission God has given us to radically love and grow together in Christ. So it's going to be a great weekend next week. We hope to see you there. That is awesome. Well, welcome. I am so glad that you are here today, whether you're in the room with us this morning or whether you're joining us online or from Muskegon or Coopersville. You know, I've just been praying that you would hear from God today, that he would speak to you and lead you this morning. And we're begin like we always do, just by simply asking you to pray, asking God to speak to you, because we believe that he really wants to do that with each and every one of us. So go ahead and close your eyes, bow your heads, however posture you take in prayer, and just ask God to speak to you this morning, and then I will pray for us. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for the truth of your love, God, that you love each and every person here and online and in all of our campuses, God. And I pray that you would just shower them with those words this morning as they are listening to you, that you love them, you care for them, that you have plans for them. And we trust and believe that your word is true and it's powerful, God. And as we hear from your word this morning, we just pray that uh, we would learn, that we would be changed and we'd be transformed And those things that are just for me, God, that are my thoughts, my ideas, uh, God, let them fall away. But let the things that you want to bring transformation and change in our lives, let those stick and let us go and leave here different people than when we came in because of your love and you speaking to us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, last summer, uh, we had a young man who was going through what turned out to be his seventh open heart surgery. And before he was going to go for that, The one thing that he wanted to do was to have a big Nerf gun party with a bunch of his friends over at Central Park in Spring Lake. So we got wind of that as a staff and decided that we wanted to go to encourage him and be part of that. And I'd kind of hurt my knee earlier in the year, but I knew that I could still participate and I would be okay because I'm still young and spry and I can do those things. Hey, no, no laughing. Well, I lasted about 30 seconds before... I stepped in a hole or some kid attacked me. I'm not sure which one it was. But anyway, I, I went to the ground and knew that I had hurt my knee, knee pretty bad. You know, a trip to the doctor, emergency room, finally an MRI, and they said, yep, you're going to need, need surgery. You've torn your meniscus in multiple places. And so I knew that I was facing sur- surgery. So by the time we uh, get to that surgery, it's now the end of October, which means we're at a change of seasons, a lot of things that need to be done. Those leaves are falling, and it's not long before that other stuff starts falling, so I needed to be prepared. You know, so I get home from surgery, and one of our neighbors drops off a meal. And it was just so nice to see them and have them care for me in that way. Uh, I got a care package from our team at 
at church here, and they took the, the opportunity to take some shots at me and put a Nerf gun in there, had some fun with it. But I, I felt loved because of that. You know, I looked out the window, and I had a neighbor that was mowing my lawn, and the next day there was someone in my backyard blowing my leaves. And it was just so nice to be seen, to, right, to be, know that people cared about me, and they saw that I needed help, and they jumped in to do that. You know, and I think that's true of all of us, right? Don't we all want to be seen? We all want to be known. We all want to be loved. We want to know that people care for us, especially when we have a need, especially when there is something going on in our life. We want to know that there are people there for us. You know, in my role here at church, just as a pastor, I get to see so many needs. There's so much that goes on in our church, and our community. It can be physical needs just from, you know, illness or surgery or simply just from getting older. You know, it can be the loss of a loved one. And, you know, for just honest anxiety, depression, emotional needs, they are at an all-time high. And if you feel like you're going through those and nobody sees you, that you're going through alone, it can be super difficult. Now, I also get to see the other side. I get to see how you respond when your family members, when your church members, when people in your small group have something come up in their lives. I see you make meals and send cards and sometimes you just show up and sit with people. You know, we call that just the ministry of silence where you just simply come and you sit and you be and it's so powerful. You see, I think when we see the needs around us, when we respond to those things, that that's a way that we really demonstrate God's love. It's a way that we really build a culture of care here at our church, and that's what we are really trying to do. Now, in the scriptures, God gives us a really beautiful picture of this with the story of the Good Samaritan. And, you know, you've, if you've been around church at all, you have heard the story of the Good Samaritan. But my prayer has been, honestly, since I've been preparing for this message, is be that you hear it fresh and new today, that you don't gloss over it because it's a real familiar passage in Scripture, but that God would speak to you and bring a new light to it and new truths out of it this morning. And it really begins this way. We have a guy, and we don't know where the situation is, but he stands up, and it tells us that he's an expert in the law. Some translations say that um, he's a lawyer. Let me get my notes here. Sorry. Uh, But he decides to test Jesus. He wants to ask him a question. So he says this. He says, teacher, he asks, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And as Jesus often does, he answers his question with a question. You know, I think he's saying, you're the expert. You think you know it all. What do you think it is? What's written in the law? He replied, how do you read it? And the guy responds with this. He responds with more scripture, which is beautiful. He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. You know, in fact, this was the very response that Jesus has given when he was asked what the most important commandment was. And Jesus just simply says to him, you have answered correctly. Do this, and you will live. You see, Jesus is really saying, that sums up the law. There's over 600 rules and laws that the Jewish people live by. There was lots of laws that God had given them to set them apart. But he says at the the heart of it all, loving God, loving your neighbor, you do that and you will live. You're on the right track. It's not about following all the rules. It's not about checking all the boxes. It's about loving God and really caring for those around us. Jesus said all those other rules, they all hinge on this very statement. Now, but that wasn't good enough for this guy. He wanted to ask one more question. And he said, he wanted to, says he wanted to justify himself. So he said, who is 
my neighbor. Now, I think he's, in a way, really asking Jesus, you know, what's the minimum I have to do to keep within the law? What's the minimum that I have to do? Who do I have to love and care for? And then Jesus answers again, not directly, but he tells him a story to really make the point. He tells him about a guy who is traveling down from Jerusalem to Jericho. He's on this journey, and he's attacked. He's jumped. He's, he's attacked by these robbers. They beat him. It says he's bloodied. They stripped him of his clothes. They rob him. They leave him by the side of the road for dead. He's laying there helpless, probably without hope, probably wondering if anyone will see him. Will anyone notice him? Will anyone come to his rescue? And then Jesus tells us about three people that have an encounter with this man in the story. And the very first one is this. He said a priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. And so too a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. Now the first people that come are a priest and a Levite, and these were important guys. These were the religious leaders of the day. And the scriptures tell us very, very clearly that they saw him. There was no missing it. They saw what was going on. They saw him lying there, suffering. They saw him bloody. They saw him bleeding, probably out of hope, wondering if anyone would notice him. And they decided to do nothing. They decided, worse than nothing, they decided to keep going. In fact, it says they went to the other side of the road. I picture them kind of shielding their eyes, looking the other way, so they're not confronted with what's going on over there. So they didn't have to deal with this man's situation. They decided their best option was to keep going. Now, they've been maybe, maybe even been thinking about all the laws and the rules, and as religious leaders, if, if they had touched this guy and he was dead, that they could have been deemed unclean and they would have not have been able to perform their religious duties. So they weighed their options, and they decided that that was best for them to keep going. You see, God had given his people, all these rules and laws to set them apart, to help them look and live differently. He didn't give them the laws to have a loophole to not help people around him like these guys did. You know, the other thing is this, that this guy that the rabbis of that day would have interpreted, it would have been a rabbinical tradition that a neighbor was actually a fellow Jew. So this guy, being from Jerusalem, laying by the side of the road, was somebody that they actually should have cared for, actually that they had responsibility to care for. But instead, they used a loophole in the law to keep going and ignore him. He was considered their neighbor, and they looked the other way and kept going. You see, when we love God, we are compelled to love and care for those people around us. Now, we would never do things like that, right? We would never look the other way. Have you ever literally been walking down the street and crossed to the other side of the road because of a situation or a person that was standing there on the other side of the road because you just didn't want to be confronted with that? You didn't want to have to deal with that situation? Maybe when you go for a walk or a bike ride or a drive, there's a neighborhood that you intentionally avoid because you know the people that live there. You know their situation, and you just don't want to be reminded of it. You don't want to have to get involved in that. Heck, I think we do it on the internet. You might be scrolling on the phone through Twitter or Facebook or Instagram and you see someone with a situation that's painful and they need help and you go, man, I just don't have time to deal with that now. That's not what I'm on here for. I don't want to be bummed out because of somebody else's situation. I think we do it in church. Embarrassingly enough, I think there's times where we see someone in the lobby and we know their situation 
and we intentionally go the other way. We slip out the door, we jump into a conversation because we just don't want to be involved. You know, sometimes I think we get that nudge from the Holy Spirit. We're in a conversation with a family member or a neighbor, and we might even know what's going on in their life. We get that nudge to ask them about it. How's their marriage? How's that situation with their kid? How's that diagnosis? And instead we think, man, we go to, how's the weather? How's the Spartans? How the Tigers? How about those Wolverines? Because we don't have the time to delve in their situation. We don't want to be involved. We don't want to take the effort it is to really hear about what's going on in their lives because it might cost us something. You know, I've been guilty of all these situations. And then we hear about the third person that has an interaction. Whoops, got ahead of myself. So sorry. This just really reminded me. And if you've been around church for a while, you've heard Pete talk about this. And I love this, this phrase. This is another rabbinical tradition of the day. And that's simply that life trumps rules. It means that life is so valuable. God considers life so valuable that we set aside the rules when there's a need around us. When someone needs help, we jump in and we help them. We take care of them. You know, Jesus set the example by healing people on the Sabbath, something that he shouldn't have done. But he said, life is more important. We need to care for those around us. And then Jesus goes on and tells us about this third person who's having an interaction. He says, but a Samaritan, as he traveled, came to where the man was, and we saw him, he took pity on him. So we have this man from Samaria traveling down the road. He again sees the situation. He sees the guy. But it says he took pity on him. This is really better translated that he had compassion or he was actually moved to compassion. What he saw and felt moved him. He knew he had to do something. I think it can be really easy to have pity on people around us, to hear stories and we feel bad for them. We might even think about their situation or what got them into this situation but we stop there. We feel bad. We don't take any action. Now, the Samaritan man, he didn't know this guy's situation. He didn't know who he was. He didn't know his story. He only knew that he needed help, and he was available. He was moved to do what he could in his power. He didn't count the cost. He didn't evaluate what was going on. He just knew that he needed to help. He didn't think about who the guy was that was helping. He didn't think if he was worthy of his help. You have to remember that the Samaritans and the Jewish people were enemies. They did not like each other. But this guy didn't see the guy by the side of the road as a Jew or an enemy. He just saw him as someone who was in a desperate situation, who needed his help, and he was going to do what he could. He saw him, and he was moved. You know, as followers of Jesus, we need to see those around us as having value, as having, being lovable, you know, we should be reminded that we are all made in the image of God, that we are all worthy of love and respect and honor. You know, and do we remember that when we see people? Or do we just simply see how they're different than us? You know, Jesus is really defining who a neighbor is here. It's not just someone who looks like us, who thinks like us, who lives by us or votes like us, who goes to church with us, who believes what we do. You know, you could go on and on and on and add to this list. You know, our neighbor might be any of these people, but they could be someone very, very different than us. They could be someone across the street, across town, or even across the world. Our neighbor could even be that guy that lives in our neighborhood who doesn't mow his lawn often enough, 
His kids are kind of crazy and loud. They play the music too loud. But Jesus is saying, they're all our neighbors. He's redefining who a neighbor is. He's, is. I think he's saying that neighbor is that person that I put right in front of you, whether it's in your church, whether it's in your neighborhood, whether it's in your school, whether it's in your work, they are all our neighbors. And I love that the Samaritan saw and he was moved to action. You see, I believe that if we're going to see people around us, if we're going to see needs, if we're going to see people as God does, that we have to have a tender and soft heart. I mean, I'm very guilty of letting my heart get hard and then I don't see people like God does. That becomes out of our relationship with Jesus. If you've been around here any length of time, you heard this word abiding. So we abide. That means we spend time with God so we grow to be more and more like him. We come to church on Sundays. We worship. We gather in small groups. We study the scriptures. We read. We pray. We worship. We find ways that we connect with God so we grow to become more and more like him. And when we do that, I believe that our hearts become tender and soft and our eyes become open to see the needs around us. You know, my friend Judy, I called Judy a month or so ago. I just called her just because I felt her name popped into my head and I'm trying to get better about just believing that's a prompting from God. So I said, Judy, I don't need anything from you um, because I believe there's a lot of people who see my number come up and go, man, that's got to go to voicemail. He's got to be asking me for something. But I said, Judy, I, I don't have anything I'm going to ask you today. I just, your name came to my mind, and I just wanted to thank you for all you do for your, your family, for your church, and there's so much more that you do than I even know, and I just wanted to thank you for that. And she goes, oh, it's no big deal. She goes, I just, I just try to listen to God and do what he said. That's why the way my mom raised me, and that's the way I want to live. And I thought, wow, that sounds so simple. Why don't I do that? You know, I want to be more like Judy. I want all of us to be more like Judy when we see needs around us that we just respond to how God wants us to. And then I love how the Samaritan, how his care progressed. It said he went to him and he bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. And then he put the man on his own donkey and he brought him to an inn and he took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii and he gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expenses you may have. See, he saw him first. You know, his heart was moved. Something changed. He knew he had to do something. He went to him. He physically took care of him, bandaging his wounds. And then he took him to a place that he could be, get help and be safe. And I loved in studying this passage that there's a lot of scholars that believe in this story that the inn is really a metaphor for the church. That the inn was a place that anybody of any condition could go and they could find help and they could find hope. Man, and that's what I want our church to be. You know, when you come, when you're inviting your friends and your family, that you know that this is a place, no matter what their condition, that they can come and they can find help and they can find hope because of you guys and because of what God's going to do in our lives. And then he paid for his care. And what I love is, and then he followed up. He said, I'm going to come back. I'm going to pay for any other expenses. I'm going to see how the guy is doing. See, in one example here, Jesus gives us one person who kind of does it all. He does everything. And I'm sure for some of you, you're going, that's, that's great, Dave. That's overwhelming. I don't have that much time. I don't have that much money. I don't have that much energy. See, but I don't think God's calling us to do everything in every situation. This is one of my favorite sayings, and it's just simply this. I'm only one, 
but I am one. I can't do everything, but I can do something. You see, I believe in any situation that there's something every one of us can do. It might be something super simple. You see, this guy, the Samaritan, he, he took time out of his life. He sacrificed. He sacrificed his schedule, probably his reputation. The religious guys weren't willing to sacrifice their reputation. He spent his own money. He went to him, and he cared for this guy because he was in need. You know, recently, well, I've got to see this play out in lots and lots of ways, but recently there was just a, a beautiful example. Many of you know Jeff Doherty, who just passed away a couple weeks ago. They've, Jeff and Bev have been members of the church for probably 30 years. You know, they started out here in Spring Lake, and when we launched their Muskegon campus, they just had to go be part of it because there's a lot of relationships they had. There's a lot of people that they wanted to reach in Muskegon. And then a couple of years ago, Jeff had a diagnosis with cancer, and he was just fighting that battle. And then a few months ago, it just became evident that the cancer was winning. He was going to be no longer going to be with us. You know, and eventually his condition worsened, and he couldn't do the things that he wanted, once could do. He couldn't do them at home, and eventually he couldn't even go to church. But his family, his church family, his friends knew how important that corporate worship was with him. So every Wednesday, they gathered on their patio, and they worshiped together. You know, people like Glenn Rank came and led worship. EJ was part of that. And I think if you took this picture every Wednesday, it was probably a different group of people, but they wanted to make sure that he had church community, that he had something that was so important. They worshiped, they prayed, they read scripture. It was an incredible thing. They organized that because Jeff needed it. They brought meals to them. They cared for them. They did all the little things. Bev just told me over and over, so the support they had was overwhelming. They had people when he was in a skilled nursing facility near the end that just simply came and sat. They just sat to be with there, to support Bev, to support him. You know, people like the Winters boys, this is just one of them, but all summer long and still now, they went and mowed his lawn and edged his lawn because it was a way that they could simply jump in and care for them. It's such a beautiful picture of what the church is supposed to be and seeing a need and meeting it. You see, when we do this, when we respond to needs, when we see them, when we move, when we care for those around us, it's how we start really building the culture of care that we are trying to build here at All Shores. And then Jesus goes on and he asks another question of the man. He says, which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? And the expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. And I love that Jesus just simply replies, go and do likewise. You know, without condemning him, without chastising the man, he teaches him just a brand new perspective. Now, I believe in the beginning of the story that the, that lawyer was really probably trying to show off to Jesus that he knew all the rules. He knew all the laws. He knew how to keep all the laws. But Jesus was really saying, it's not about the rules. It's not about the check marks. It's about mercy. It's about compassion. It's about seeing, loving, and caring for the people around us, for our neighbors. See, we love and we honor God when we listen and we respond to him. We love him when we love our neighbors. And I simply wondered what this man thought when Jesus said, go and do likewise. Did he walk away? Was he mad? Was he frustrated because, you know, he was being challenged to live in a new way? Or did he really leave change? Did he leave living a new lifestyle, this lifestyle of love because of what Jesus has taught him? And I like to think that's what really happened in his life. I simply wonder what we're going to do when we hear those words today. Go 
and do likewise? You know, what do you need to do to go and do likewise, to show mercy, to have compassion? Do you need to change your perspective on who your neighbor is? I'll tell you these last two or three years have been so difficult for me personally with that question. There's just been so much strife and conflict that I don't think I have loved everybody well because they're different than me. And for me, I know that it takes humility. It takes really being humble. My favorite, one of my favorite verses in the Bible is this. It's do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourself. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interest of others. You see, humility isn't thinking less of ourselves. It's just thinking of ourselves less often. It's thinking of other people around us. We can still think about ourselves. And I love how it says we're to look not only to our own interests. We still need to take care of ourselves. We still need to do those things. But we also need to see what can I do for my neighbor? What can I do for people in need around me? We all need to be reminded that we are all made in the image of God. We're all worthy of love and being valued and cared for. You know, we need to have our eyes open to see the needs around us. Here in our church, in our neighborhoods, in our family, in our schools, in our workplace, wherever God has uniquely placed you to be his church, that is what we need to do. Those are the people that we need to care for. Maybe we just need to increase our own relationship with Jesus to have more time abiding with him and loving him so we truly grow to be more like him so our eyes can be open and we see those around us. You see, there's things that each and every one of us can do. I fully believe that. Just imagine what our church will look like, what your homes will look like, what your actual neighborhoods, what your workplaces, what your schools will look like when we really start seeing those needs and caring for those around us. That is what builds a culture of care. And you just remember that simple thought that I can't do everything, but I can do something. We can all do something. And again, it just begins with seeing. Cultivate those spiritual and physical eyes. Cultivate a tender heart so when you see people in your neighborhood, when you see them on the street, you see them as Jesus does. You see their, their hurt and their pain and you see them as valuable and worthy of your love. And then just simply go, take a step. My friend Evan, I love this phrase, take a step. Whatever that is, move toward the situation. Take a risk. It's going to cost you something. You got to be brave in this. And then do, simply do whatever the next action is. And you, you know, you need to start by praying, asking to God what he wants you to do in this situation. I fully believe he'll lead you. He's given up his spirit in him. He'll, he'll tell you what you need to do. It could be something as simple as sending a card or bringing a meal or, or praying. And my encouragement is if it's, if it's just praying with a person, don't just say, hey, I'll pray for you. Stop and pray with them. Be courageous. It can be scary to do that, but I encourage you to do it. It's so meaningful. Or maybe it's just going and sitting with someone. It's that ministry of silence. It's not about having the right words, the right actions. It's about being with people caring for them, loving them in whatever situation there is. For some of you, it might even just be giving. You, God might have blessed you with resource. You, you might be able to give in a situation and really help 
financially. And if you're not even sure how to do that, you can always give to the benevolence fund that we have at church. It's a fund that we have that just goes 100% that we give away to people in our community and our church to help people in their time of need. It's a great way to be part of giving. And then follow up. See, I love that the Samaritan man came back to follow-ups. So when you hear that prayer request or the diagnosis or you know what's going on in a family, or long after a death or a tragedy, you be the one that keeps calling and keeps texting and keeps checking on them because you want to follow up. You know, I think following up is just the next level of loving and caring for our neighbors. I think it's when the needle moves, when things really change, when we follow up, when we come back and we go, man, I care for you and I want to know what's going on and I want to be a part of that in the long haul. And then finally, and I just put this in parentheses because it's a little different, and it's ask. You know, I think we all want to be the good Samaritan. The reality is sometimes we're the guy by the side of the road. Sometimes we're the ones that are wounded. And often our wounds aren't visible. People don't see our wounds. So if that's you, if you have a need, if you're hurting, if you've got something going on in your life, man, share it with your small group. Share it with somebody around you. Share it with your church. Let us be a part of being your neighbor. Let us be a part of loving and caring for you. Sometimes we just need to know what's going on. You see, going and doing is likely going to cost you something. It's just reality. This man was willing to interrupt his life, his schedule, use his resources to help someone in need, someone who was considered his enemy. And I'm sure God was so proud of him, loved him so much. Not because he did that. God loved him anyway. But I'm sure that that action made God smile. And I hope today when you hear these truths that God's reminding you that this is powerful, that it's clear that we all need to stop and slow down our busy lives. We're so distracted. We need to really see people around us. We need to move towards the wounded. We need to tend to the weak. We need to love the unlovable and serve those in need. No matter who they are, no matter how messy the situation or how broken and beaten down they appear, we need to take a step and move towards them and care for them. You see, demonstrating God's love through care, it's not a program. We have lots of great programs, but that's not what makes a difference. It's when we love our neighbor, when we care for them, when we see them, when we take a step for them with his love, with his direction, and then we do what we can. That is how we build a culture of care. That's why we're trying so hard to build this culture of care at All Shores, because it's going to spread into your workplaces. It's going to spread into your families. It's going to spread into your schools. And it's going to make a difference as we show God's love in the long term. And now you get the opportunity as you get up and you leave today to go and do likewise. It's what Jesus is calling us to do. It's what he told the man. Now you've heard the story. You know what you're supposed to do. Now go and have mercy. Go and show compassion. See the people around you. See their needs. Take a step toward them. And then do what you can. Let me just pray for us and ask God to move. Oh, Heavenly Father, we thank you that your word is trustworthy and true. That you love each and every person here. That you let us be a part of loving our neighbors and loving you, God. So I pray that as we leave here today, we won't be overwhelmed, but we will be inspired to see people the way you do, 
to love them the way you do, to take a step toward them and care for them and love them and really create this beautiful culture of care that I think you desire. Jesus, we love you, we trust you, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. time together this morning by celebrating communion. And communion is a really churchy word, but what I love about communion is it simply means that we recognize that we are becoming one with the Lord. That God invites us to his table and that when we join with him, we are surrendering our hearts to his, that we would become more like him. And I think that connects so beautifully with today. That when we draw closer to the Lord, that our hearts become more like his, that we begin to see other people the way God does. And if you're not familiar with the way we do communion here, that's okay. You should have grabbed a little communion, uh, the elements on your way in this morning. If you haven't yet, that's all right. You can go and grab them while we sing a song together. But I want to encourage you to participate in this this morning and allow God's spirit to just minister to you. We're going to stand and join together right now and just singing a song of worship. And just a reminder, you know, you don't have to be a member of this church to participate in communion, but that God invites everybody who's seeking after growing more like Christ to his table, that he invites us all there. Let's sing and celebrate and worship. Jesus, Jesus, precious Lord, none on the earth or heavens above that I have found more beautiful. You are my treasure, my great reward. Oh, I just want to move your heart. It's all I want to do. I just want to stand in awe and pour my love on you, no matter how much the cost. I freely give it all to you, all to you. Jesus, Jesus, my offering, all my ambitions, my hopes, my dreams. So here's my life, a sacrifice, oh, just to bless you. Oh, I just want to move your it's all I want to do. I just want to stay in awe and pour my love on you, no matter how much the cost. I freely give it all to you, all to you. Oh, I just want to move your heart, get caught. Your gaze right here in your breath. 
Jesus was betrayed, he chose to share a meal with his friends, with his neighbors. And Jesus took time and after he given thanks, he, he took the bread and he broke it. And he told his disciples, take and eat for this is my body, which is given for you. Let's take and eat of the bread together. In the same way, Jesus took the cup. And after giving thanks for it, he said, take and drink of this cup. This represents my blood, which is poured out for you for the forgiveness of your sins. What a beautiful picture. Let's take and drink of the cup together. Jesus, we're so grateful for your sacrifice, for the gift of your life, Lord, that you modeled for us what it means to care deeply for others, to give of yourself sacrificially. And Lord, we take time this morning to celebrate that and to remember it. Lord, may our lives in return just be an offering to you, God, that in the places that we go, the people that we interact, that we would show the light of your love that you would shine through us by the power of your spirit. We pray in Jesus' name. Let's continue our worship this morning. Oh, is it a fragrance? Then I'll pour my oil out. Is it a light laid down? Then here I give my vow. Is it a song I and here's every melody Tell me what moves you oh, Tell me what moves you Let's sing that again Oh, is it a fragrance? Then I'll pour my oil out Is it a life down? Then here I give my vow Is it a song I sing? And here's every melody. Tell me what moves you. Tell me what moves you. Oh, I just want to move your heart. Sing it out. That's all I want to do. I just want to stay in awe and pour my love on you. No matter how much the I freely give it all to you, all to you. I just want to move your heart, get caught within your gates, right here in your presence. God is where I want to stay, oh, just to dwell in your house. 
waste my hours and my days on you. in this prayer is it a fragrance is it a fragrance then I'll pour my oil out is it a light and here I give my vow is it a song I see here's every melody tell me what moves you tell me what moves you so glad that you are here today just to be with us. And I just pray as you go and celebrate the rest of this Labor Day weekend and your boating and barbecuing, that you will see people in a new way, that you will see them as God sees them. And then I just want to invite you back next week. It's going to be a, a great Sunday. We're going to have a great message, a new series starting, and we're going to have some fun hanging out afterwards and some food. So I just encourage you to be here. And if you're joining us online, I encourage you to, to come in and join us in person if you're able to do that as well. And now if you'd hold out your hands, I'd just love to give you a blessing before you go. Oh, may our God and Father, may he continually to fill you, fill you with his spirit, fill you to overflowing so that as you leave this building, as you go and be his church in your homes, in your neighborhoods, in your workplaces, in your community, that you will see people as he sees them that you will care and love people the way God is calling us to. And you'll do it with his grace, his love, and his mercy. And I'll go in the name of our risen Lord Jesus Christ.